a new edition of Dead Men Talk. And this is this is something I've wanted to do for a while, and I'm so glad that I've got the uh, the guest that I have to do it with today. Uh, anyone who will have seen any of my shows and followed me on my YouTube channel, my, my social media, you'll know that Dead Men Talk isn't the only show that I've had. Um, up until just for Christmas, I had a, a wrestling podcast called Once Upon a Turnbuckle, and this is this is the first time I've been able to marry the two, um, Dead Men Talk and Once Upon a Turnbuckle in the ultimate kind of crossover style. And um, my guest tonight is uh, he's a fellow wrestling fan. Uh, we've just been chatting, grew up same era as me. We got a lot of the same memories. He's made a lot more than me, as you'll soon find out. But he's someone who's been able to marry um, his love of wrestling with my other passion, which is writing. So he is also the author of, of a great book, which we'll introduce in a second. But I, I welcome wrestling fan and writer Stephen Ferugia. How are you, mate? Oh, good. And thanks for kind words about the book. Oh, no worries. No worries. No, I did. I did love it. I um, so, so right off the bat, we'll introduce the book uh, called How to Be a Mark Without Leaving a Mark. Brilliant title. I really like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, very true. It's true, true phrase. Any anyone who is who's watching this, you may not be a wrestling fan. Uh, we'll get into the meaning of the title as we go through, because obviously, you know, wrestling fans will recognize the kind of thing you're referring to. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I I guess for me, just kind of indulging in my own fandom as well. Let's let's kind of before we get into the book itself, let's go right back to the beginning. Um to your earliest memories when you became a wrestling fan ultimately can you can you remember sort of when that was your your, your earliest events matches what what was it that drew you in first it's, it's a it's a kind of a two two pronged story there you got when i become a wrestling fan and when i actually become a wrestling fan uh, <laughs> so i become a wrestling fan when all the other kids from school were wrestling fans and i wanted to fit in sure um so yeah i was a wrestling fan in the first sense of Oh, this is cool. Everyone likes this. I'm in on this. Uh, never seen it. Right. Only saw pictures and listened to the stories of the other fans. But yeah, I went home, declared myself a wrestling fan, had never seen wrestling Some pictures. <laughs> That's a brave move. Yeah, yep, colouring books. <laughs> friends had colouring books. Awesome. Um, but when I actually became a wrestling fan, when I actually first watched wrestling, was October 91. Uh, it was WCW. Uh, first match with Bob Cook versus Tracy Smothers in a completely forgettable match for most, except it is probably for, me. It is for most fans, <laughs> but you remember your first one. I mean, my first one is yep. quite memorable. You know, it was on a big pay-per-view. But to remember one, I suppose your first experience of watching pro wrestling, you're always going to remember that, whatever it was, I suppose. Yep, it was about four and a half minutes. <laughs> uh, pretty much a squash. Yeah, yeah. But it, yeah. So that, was, that was my first match, but I was a fan for probably a couple months before that. Right. Okay. So that's interesting, actually, because most fans I know, including myself, started off with WWF. Um, yeah. I didn't have Sky TV or anything, so I didn't get to see it weekly or whatever. It was um, my mum worked in the news agents, um, so I could get the trading cards, I can get the the magazines. But it was my cousin who got me into it, so I kind of learned through him. Um, I was never introduced to WCW first. So the fact that you've actually gone in that way. So, so in terms of, you know, moving from WCW, when did you discover there was something else or did you know there was another 
promotion well, out there at the time called WWF? I knew about WWF first from the, the kids. They were the ones that, that were the magazines they had. Yeah. That was the coloring books they had. It was all all WWF. Yeah. Uh, I didn't discover WCW until my dad recorded it on the TV. Oh, okay. Uh, but I was well aware WWF existed. I knew Hulk Hogan. Mm. Uh, just had never seen them move. No. Just pictures. <laughs> and I wouldn't see them move until I borrowed some of my friends' WWF tapes. And you, um, I'm very envious of you for, for a lot of things um, that you've Thank experienced, you. <laughs> which we will obviously touch on just a few of them through this. Yeah. But, but one of the ones that I, I always wanted to be part of that you were was um, SummerSlam 92. Yeah, fantastic. What, what a start. Yeah, <laughs> what a start. Mem memories then. What do you remember about sort of that time and when you knew you were going to that? Was it the first show you've been to? or the? It was my very first show was... The, the, the biggest ever That's in this amazing. country That's yeah amazing. yeah i didn't i didn't even know it was happening until i got the tickets from my oh. dad um yeah we got the train up there and i remember approaching you can see wembley in the distance yeah ginormous but gray i remember <laughs> it being really gray despite it being summer slam in the summer yeah 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 wembley Vegas was gray um <laughs> I we got there and there's this union jacks everywhere on their faces, yeah. selling them. Yeah. Uh, I I asked for merch. Um, my dad wasn't a big spender, you find from my book. Mm -hmm. um, but you got me a program, which I still have. Oh. Uh, yeah, we've got people chanting for Bulldog. I was chanting for Brett. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to, yeah, yeah. It was was whose side were you on? Because when I was watching it as a oh, kid, I yeah. was I was pretty much a Bret Hart fan at this time. He, he's the one that I really got into first. And I, I knew the Bulldog, obviously he's British, I should have been back again. But but what was the feeling within there? You got a real feel for, obviously, hometown crowd was with the Bulldog. But but did you get a different feeling? You know, was it a bit more mixed that you could pick up on? It was probably 90% Bulldog, but there was breaths. Yeah. You watch the match back and you hear the, 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 the horns followed by Bulldog yeah. and then a, a smattering of breath. Yeah. But it was definitely Bulldog. He was the hero in the building. But I just thought Brett was cooler. He had the cool shades, the, exactly. the cool hair, yeah. Bulldog's hair. I, I don't know what I have such a problem with Bulldog's hair back <laughs> then. Um, did you think come across as that cool? No, Brett did. No, that's, I, I get that. I get that. Especially looking back, I think that's probably one of my... I, I was never a massive Bulldog fan later on. I, I You know, he, he didn't really... I didn't find his work in the ring all that exciting. But sort of the 92 era 91 92 is the one that i always kind of hark back to in my head that's sort of the iconic image i suppose we had um but um, so, so when you were in there i mean it's like eighty thousand people or something that they had there yeah, um, yeah. how Massive. how much did you get to obviously soaking in the atmosphere being in something like that but how much did you actually physically get to see because i understand from your book that you 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 had a vantage point of them coming to the ring yeah very close to them coming to the ring that's cool um yeah, it, could, it was four seats from the aisle, I think. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I could basically feel the heat coming from the Legion of Doom's <laughs> motorbikes. That's amazing. You had some of the uh, best entrances at that night. Yeah, Undertaker on the hearse. Yeah, that's it. And Lennox yeah. Lewis with the Bulldog. and Yeah, with the Bulldog, yeah. Roddy, yeah. Roddy Piper was right nearby when he did the bagpipes. Of course, forgot about that. Yeah, about that was close to us, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So Yeah, the from the ring, though, was a bit further. Uh, the big screen was my fan that day. Okay. Yeah. My friend, yeah, for sure. 
that's one thing I, I, I guess I've always worried about going to one of these massive you know, music concerts and sports events and that is that if you're so far back, you do just essentially watch TV with a very large crowd around. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I, I guess... is quite good in the setup. It's, it's one area. If you're up... Well, I was flat at SummerSlam, mm. but most... You're, you're raised. It's, it's fine. Yeah. 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 I've done four WrestleManias and I've, I've no complaints. <laughs> so SummerSlam 92, four WrestleManias. You know. Two SummerSlams, four WrestleManias. Uh, you know, I'm... You're talking about ticking <laughs> off a bucket list here. So and two Wrestle Kingdom nights. <laughs> Wrestle, that's in Japan, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, Tokyo. I didn't massively get into the to Japanese scene, but yeah, I, I recognised, especially reading your book as well. I recognised Wrestle Kingdom. So that's you. You have. Yeah. Did you have a bucket list going on in the background? Of always. Always, to... always have a bucket list. Mm. Always add into the bucket list because yeah. you finish your bucket list. What's the point? Keep adding to your bucket list. <laughs> True, true, yeah. true. Well, so, goals. What's what have you what have you got either left on there that you haven't already done, or ones that you've recently added? Maybe what's, what's it's been there? harder to add them yeah. since lockdown, mm-hmm. since the pandemic. I don't think I've crossed much off recently. No. Uh, probably the last one I crossed off was uh, Wrestling Observer five star match. I've got a oh, few okay. of them in Japan. Yeah, cool. three of them in Japan. Dave, uh, Dave Meltzer, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't always, don't always agree with ratings, but people people look at them. So. If it's if it's good enough for him, generally it's accepted largely, isn't it? That it's, it's yeah enough match. I mean, yeah. it's starting to come off a bit. Um, people are starting to question me a lot more now. Um, Things changed though, isn't it? And and yeah. He's, I suppose you've seen it, and this is one thing I love about your book as well, is that obviously you you, you do tell it um, as you went through it. Yeah, so you, as I felt at the time, yeah. Yeah, so you started off with obviously how you've, like we've done, how you've discovered it, um, and then... Wide-eyed opt- optimism. Wide-eyed optimism, I like it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> everything was amazing. And everything is as you've grown up as a kid, and then you kind yeah. of realise that, you know, Father Christmas isn't real and wrestling fake, yeah. and, you know, and the whole Van world Hammer sucks. Van Hammer sucks. <laughs> You've got a cool Van Hammer story in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah one from my when I met him and one when my dad met him. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to do you want to divulge? I don't want to give too much away sort of through this, but yeah, any, any stories like that, you want to share one of those because they are they are quite humorous. Uh so the, the one when my dad met him, he uh, posed as a member of the press. Uh, to get into the WCW press conference to announce their tour of the UK. Um, so you got loads of photos. He, he was he was a keen photographer. He had a nice big camera, uh, but he, they bought his story. He went in as a member of the press, which also gave him free reign of the merch table. So he took a load of figures, loads of videos, trading cards, wow. and that was Christmas sorted that year. Yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> like one of my dreams. Going into a, a store and just finding these big buckets of stuff and just you know help yourself kind of thing help yourself yeah seen. yeah your yep. um your, your dad was a big um sort of influence and support um yeah he supported yeah so he was a wrestling fan as well i take it not at all he no, wasn't okay not at all no he wow. did it just for me and my brother that's amazing that's amazing so just yeah. just sort of yeah take take us through um as best you can then the role he played in sort of in a, in a sense, transitioning you from watching, just being a spectator and a fan, I suppose, to then trying to get closer to these stars. 
that you were seeing on TV? Because you went to some lengths. He um, did, yeah. So yeah. He, he was, I guess he was like boys with toys. He was, my boys have got some toys that I can go back and play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he, he was a big autograph hunter himself. He's got, he, he reams and reams of famous celebrity Hollywood stars dating back to the 30s. Uh, he's yeah. got loads, he had loads of them. Um, so he was quite keen for us to get in on the autograph hunting. Um, so he took us to SummerSlam 92 was the first one. Then there were two more WCW shows. And then from there, it was, we didn't attend any shows. We just went to the hotel after. We followed the coach back from the venue to the hotel. And I met so many stars. It was just just, just rattle some names off, because it, it is a bit of a who's who. Because WCW back then, especially when, when you were you know, following them around, I mean, they had a roster to be envious of. I would oh, in ring wise yeah. the ones that stick out are always Brian Pillman and Rick Rude yeah. because they died so young so yeah. so many years ago built Brian Pillman in 97 and Rick Rude in 99 so yeah. not many wrestling fans these days can say they've met them no no and 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 what what was your what you can remember anyway when you first started to to approach these guys that you've been watching on TV, you know, how, how did you feel? What do you remember anything that you were able to say, or was it kind of just like starstruck? Um, somewhat starstruck, but after a while, it became normal behavior yeah. that we would just go and meet the wrestlers, uh, watch them on TV, and then I go meet them. Um, the only one that a couple couple of intimidated me was Yokozuna, okay, because of his pure size, yeah, 500, 600 pounds. <laughs> Uh, so I was scared off that one. Yeah. Um, Undertaker was another one actually that was quite intimidating. He's he was all in black. He was quiet and yeah. walking through the hotel. Uh, and Owen Hart came in in full character, angry, didn't want to <laughs> look at anyone. But it, then you read afterwards, he's such a sweetheart. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. He, he as a little boy, I was I knew wrestling wasn't real on the day I got into it, but he worked me that day. Yeah. He tricked me into thinking he was a not a nice fella. But that's that's what he was. He would have been doing that for the fans. This is what I've heard about yeah. him as well. Is that he would have stayed in character to to keep you believing, you know? Because yeah, if you did. if you saw Owen for what he was, you wouldn't boo him, would you? I doubt. No, 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 no. Yeah, the family man that he really was. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Did you uh, did you have any um, uh, any that were somewhat difficult when you approached them and tried to meet them, or any any sort of you know yeah real bad experiences? Um, I don't think when I was a child, not towards me. Um, there was Lex Luger. He didn't want to know anyone. He pushed okay. past and straight to the elevator, was banging on the buttons to get away from the fans. And then there was little old six, seven-year-old me made my way to the front with my Lex Luger 8 by 10 and can I have your autograph. He turned, he looked away, turned back and signed it. But <laughs> if, I, if I was uh, 16, that wouldn't have happened. He would have no, he would have banged that elevator until it came. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because I was a little kid, he signed it. So it's, it's good in a way that he, you know, he, he still respected that, you know, he kind of knew his audience. What what sort of era was that then? Was that sort of his... I would say it was 94, 94. 94. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So um, so we'll bounce around a little bit. We'll touch on more of the things that you've experienced now. What I, what I want to kind of bring in now is one of the reasons why we're here is, is your book. Yeah. Um, so at what point along your journey did you start to have thoughts that, that you wanted to either just start writing this thing down or that you envisaged it, you know, that you had a 
something to tell here? You know, when, when did the early ideas of the book come about? Uh, I know I started writing it around about June 2019. Uh, I think the ideas came just before that, maybe around my fourth WrestleMania, maybe the third WrestleMania, because mm-hmm. I somehow managed to gather quite a lot of good stories from that experience. Uh, yeah. Like going to Jimmy Hart's restaurant and watching this, Royal with this, him. This is brilliant. Yeah, I love that bit. I, uh, some, <laughs> not many fans would get to say that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And if, it's this little story that's picked up along the way yeah, and picked brilliant. up every, every stage of my fandom. Mm. I've picked up stories. Yeah. Um, and it's just reading other wrestling books. Okay. Um, so I read wrestling, a lot of wrestling books you can see behind me. Yeah. And they start the same way mine does. It's, I was a fan. I got into wrestling this way. I watched Mid-South. I watched this territory, watched that territory. And then at one point, their book skews off and they start training. They meet someone who gets them into training and their story goes that way. And I kind of thought, can you keep the story on that path of being the fan and keep it interesting? And I thought about my own experience. Well, I think I have enough good stories and experiences Mm -hmm. that I can run with this. And and I read reading the other wrestling books, they're not all good. I've read a lot. They're not all good. And <laughs> some I'm reading about, I think mine actually could be, I could write a book better than this one. Sure, yeah, Even yeah, though yeah. I, I mean, I dabbled in wrestling, not physically, the backstage stuff. Yeah. But even though I've never been in wrestling, I think I've got more interesting wrestling stories than, I won't say any names, this wrestler who's just yeah. telling stories I went here and I wrestled him and then I went here and I wrestled him. And yeah. The payoff was rubbish and no colour to it. No, and it's I thought, just like stating facts, really, isn't it? It's just like, yeah, you know, I, I, I was more confident in the way I wrote that I could add colour to what could be mundane. Yeah. Watching Bob Cook versus Tracy's mothers, trying to add, add humour to that. And yeah, yeah I, I thought, can you, can you go full on fan route? And I think, I think I achieved it. You did. It's, it's a great read. Like I say, I, I, I start off and I'm with you because I remember, I can picture a lot. Um, I was, I was a, an avid fan up to about 2000. Um, I, you know, I, I, when we got Sky, I watched it weekly, daily. It was, it was my yeah. life. And then I discovered other things once I left school and went to uni. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, and I, I, I reached a point at, at which I kind of felt, and I think I kind of get a sense of this with you along the way is that, you almost you distance yourself from wrestling, maybe because you don't think either it's interesting anymore or you probably shouldn't be a fan of it or not outwardly shouldn't be a fan of it and that, but it's always there in the background. Always, it was always there. And I think for me, with you on that early bit where I was like, yeah, I remember that, I remember that. Oh, it's great to hear what somebody, you know, I'm always envious of people that went to SummerSlam 92, so it's great to hear what that was like. I can never tire of that. And then you went on your own path. So, you know, you kind of you almost left me behind because yeah. my fandom went to a certain point, but you you then went way past it. So I was still um, compelled enough to read it and find out what happened to you and find out more about what that journey was like. So even through to the end, I mean, I didn't really, I think when you were rattling through probably the first half of the book, um, you, you cover quite a lot of ground. And then I, I was almost like, it was when it was coming more up to date. Where's this going to go now, sort of thing? 
Um, Cause I didn't really know much about the wrestling scene for about sort of there's 10 or 15 year gap where I didn't really keep up with anything at all. Right. So I, yeah. I learned from your book kind of okay. the gaps and yeah. everything, but sort of you, 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 tra- as you got more into it, you transitioned off and you discovered um, the British wrestling scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you got a bit more involved yourself. You went to, which you touched on in, in the backstage side. And that this is something that resonates with me because I didn't know much about the British wrestling scene till last year through my podcast. And I actually got to talk to quite a few guys who are involved in the British wrestling scene. I had no idea how big it was. Um, so focusing on this bit for a second, the British, you, you sort of got hooked in by the American uh, wrestling yeah. circuit for a number of years then you discover what's going on in britain how firstly how how did you come what was your first experiences with it and then the dynamics between the two what sort of drew you in and kept you in with the british scene that you really wanted to be involved in it so my first experience with british wrestling was a big daddy annual mm-hmm. um i think big daddy annual 1983 is somewhere behind me still somewhere buried in there uh, so yeah, I, I discovered names like Mike Marino, Giant Haystacks, Chris Adams, and I don't know, I kind of thought it went away, it just didn't exist anymore. Mm. Um, uh, I thought it was the Americans now, I thought the British wrestlers were like Jedi, gone, extinct. Yeah. All the they all gone, all the ones who carried on went to America William Regal, British Bulldog, mm. Dynamite Kid, Adrian Street, and there was nothing here. And it's around uh, 99, uh, UWA came onto British TV. It was atrocious. <laughs> but I, I was 99, I was still willing to absorb all wrestling I could yeah. find. Yeah. Everything. There was no filter in, I just wanted wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so I watched it and I've become fans of Johnny Storm, Jody Fleisch, Alex Shane, Doug Williams, Kerry Cabrera, Stevie Knight. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I was wanting to go to live British wrestling. I didn't really know how to go about it. And then there was an advert for a show mm. not too far from my house. Um, featured Yokozuna and, well, advertised as Fatu. Um, it was not Hedgehog Fatu. That was my first experience of the shady side of British wrestling. Because yeah. whilst British wrestling didn't go away, it had digressed majorly. I, I remember... Yeah, I remember some of the like seaside towns. I used to go up to like Skegness and Mablethorpe. I've got family out that way. And um, I remember being up there once and there was a, a poster of a wrestling show. I think it was Mablethorpe. And they were advertising, yeah, they were rip-offs of yeah. like Road Warrior Hawk and, and whatever. And yeah. Shadow from the Gladiators was wrestling then as well. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It was, it was almost like a pain. comical kind of thing, wasn't it? It was, they were almost poking It was the cash-in. It was... Hmm. So when British wrestling came off TV, a lot of the, the best names packed it in. Yeah. Mark Rocco, Johnny Saint, um, Kendo Nagasaki. Mm. You, you get a few holding on the fort, Robert Brookside, Steve Gray. Mm. But without television, it, it had no support. No. And it looked ancient compared to Hulk Hogan and Ormal Warrior. It looked, it looked like something from the 50s. And it was so past its sale by day and it carried on like that until coming up to 2000 it was hanging on to these the old style the round system and those who weren't doing that was it was all 
trickery. It was yeah. he's the Undertaker, and it's not. It's some guy from Bristol dressed as the Undertaker, and there's Kane, there's Spider Man, and Power Rangers. Yeah, it was yeah. it was geared towards children, but not the wrestling fan. Um, right. So and then along come FWA. And they were willing to br- drag British wrestling into the 2000s. They they used a lot of the guys I saw in UWA, Alex Shane, Doug Williams, Jody Flush, Johnny Storm, who had a more American influence. Mm. Uh, and they just took British wrestling, and that became my home promotion. Mm. That was that was the one I went to every month. I supported them. I mean, I look back now, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> it doesn't hold up, but compared to what we had, it, it was light years ahead. Yeah, it's something that you can get involved in, even if you were just going there to to watch it, you know, be part of the crowd every week. Having they um having the local promotion, I think does wonders for keeping you in it, I suppose, and, and keeping yep. keeping that magic alive, as it were. And it was our the little engine that could. It was yeah. almost our ECW. It was yeah. It was the small time. Let's let's support the small time because it's better than that WWE. Well, I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> but you couldn't tell me then. You, you couldn't tell me then. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't yeah. tell me then. It wasn't better. No, because it's, it's got it's got to be different. I've been to I've been to one WWF show in my in my time. Um, I've been to a few more sort of more sort of independent ones since that. Um, but just being being there, it, it, you get something different from just watching it on TV anyway. So For sure. you know, regardless that, that you're not seeing Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan or whatever every every month. Uh, you got your local heroes. So, so some of the some of the names that you kind of gravitated to. Was there anyone in particular that that really um, made you kept wanting to go, or just was it as a unit? It was just something that that you were drawn to. Uh, so my favorite was Alex Shane. He was my favorite from UWA and into FWA, mm-hmm. and then he later on became my boss <laughs> when I joined <laughs> backstage for the rebirth to FWA. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a different different side of him um i can't i mean a lot of people read my book say i knocked him um i just was honest i think i mean i'm really thankful for him yeah yeah i'm really thankful for him and i my intention wasn't to knock him at all because without him i wouldn't have have three four years i worked in british wrestling and it's i loved it every minute of it i I did it for free if i didn't love it i wouldn't have done it for free uh I absolutely loved it, and I'm thankful to Alex for that. Yeah. Um, but no, he 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 was he was a, he talks out of both sides of his mouth, and he <laughs> I'm sure he would admit that. And a lot of people say that about him. A businessman at the end of the day, I think you know if you're if you're helping to run a promotion like that, especially in that game, yeah, you, you can't be a nice guy. I don't, I don't know. You can't be no. totally. You know, to some people, you probably are a bit of an asshole. He was always good. He was good to me. He really yeah. was. He was good to me. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I was watching FWA. I always wanted to get into British wrestling. And I had visions that maybe I can help British wrestling back to prominence. And mm. I always thought I would do that working with Alex Shane. And then it kind of come true that I worked with Alex Shane. And we didn't get to the what I thought we were going to get to when I was yeah. having these dreams that we would take British wrestling back to prominence. It got there. It wasn't me. It wasn't Alex. But it, it did get there. You know, you were you were part of the early 
stage of it you know and uh, so, so what very was, small part <laughs> what was your um yeah so let's touch on that what what sort of things were you involved in and and sort of comparing that to just watching it how much did that open your eyes to to the the world of wrestling as it were beyond being a fan uh so i when i got into it it was 2009 so i've been a fan 18 years by then um so I, I, I'm not sure it changed the way I looked at wrestling, but I've learned how much the uh, ring posts weigh. Uh, <laughs> pretty heavy. <laughs> I can say that for sure. And fit with setting up the ring. Yeah, I've got a different appreciation for how long it takes to set up a show. Mm, yeah. uh, we get there at 12 o'clock for a 7 p.m. show. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah I've got appreciation for that, setting up the lighting, all the small parts of the lighting. Mm. Yeah, the ring is so heavy in the wood and the metal. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of the wrestling, though, it didn't change my view on it. I felt like I was part of something special. Yeah. Um, in some ways, that, that incarnation of the FW did change British wrestling. Yeah. It didn't, it, it took it out of the, the town halls and put it in more in the nightclub setting. Yeah. Uh, which is where Progress, the ones who did eventually get eyes yeah. on British wrestling. That's the way. That's the direction they took things as well. Um, but yeah, it was. It could have been something special, but it just was wasn't focused enough. And Same. Alex wouldn't listen to many other people's ideas. <laughs> but you know, you've got you've got an experience there that again, not you know, to add to them, not many wrestling fans would necessarily have. Um, yeah, it was my dream. Yeah, it was my dream to walk in wrestling, and I I achieved my dream. I didn't achieve it to a high success. But I can always say that I'm yeah. I'm not going to die saying what if what if I worked in British wrestling would I have been the one to no, no. I I did it I didn't I failed <laughs> did my dream I worked in wrestling yeah and I walked away myself I wasn't kicked yeah. out I yeah I knew it was time I can't complain I lived my dream and not many people can say that even if I failed at it <laughs> don't matter you tried you know you found a way in and you were dedicated enough and you you really get to know that again you know as, as your story goes on is how you built up to that to eventually making those moves to to get involved in it um so what's your take on the british western scene as it is now obviously you've seen it grow from yeah from from back then so it grew 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 until just before the pandemic uh wwe brought up a lot of the guys the top guys, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, Volta, yeah. all went WWE. Uh, first, it wasn't too bad. It still were a couple of places. And then I mean, Travis Banks got injured on the show and he had to miss the WWE show. And then that's when the restrictions started. Oh. And the talent was all of a sudden 40 of the best guys gone. Yeah. And it was it's, it's back in. And then we had the speaking out movement hit. Yes, a lot of accusations against British wrestlers. Um, so we lost a lot of stars that way as well. Uh, we're just rebuilding at the moment. Yeah, it's Red Pro Progress this Sunday. I got their com first comeback show since the pandemic. Cool. They cool. they they were really left in tears. Yeah. Not just their talent, but their management was had accusations against them. So they're kind of they they've got um. Is that Paint with a, a dark brush at the moment. Are they are they the ones? It shows I'm still a little bit out of touch. Are they the ones that have been taken on by? 
bosses of a football club or something. Am I thinking about the same ones? Or? Yeah, um, I'm, I did read it and I've actually totally forgotten who they are. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, so, so yeah. I knew there was someone trying to breathe. Oh, it's good that they're, that they're at least... They've got a show to try to try and yeah. They themselves. they promoted themselves as punk rock, and then they they got in bed with WWE, which upset a lot of fans. And then yeah. for this, they used to sell out in minutes, and now and then it went, it was a lot of fans turned on them because of the mm. they're not punk rock, they it's corporate sellouts, and then yeah. they're speaking out, and yeah. they've definitely been knocked back. Yeah, uh, we'll see how the comeback goes. I mean, th- what I've picked up over sort of the last six months or so, you know, speaking to to, to guys from a few promotions, I, I sort of um, managed to get in with. It, there's been an explosion of, of of promotions popping up all over the place, especially in Wales. For sure. um, so there's a lot of competition, which, um, you know, even if it's healthy local competition, it's driving the scene in the right direction. Uh, have you have you got a any other sort of local ones to you other than you know the ones that you mentioned that you are on your radar at the moment? Uh, so pre-pandemic, I, I attended Progress, Red Pro, uh, Pro Wrestling Eve were my main three. Uh, Pro Wrestling Eve is an all-female promotion. Uh, but since the pandemic, uh, I've had uh, Welcome Twins. <laughs> oh wow! There's <laughs> so a lot harder. Yeah, it's a lot harder for me to get out the shows now. I so. can sympathise. I got, I got um, twins as well. You, a bit older, but have yeah. you? Mine are nine months. Oh wow! Yeah, mine are yeah, seven, so, uh, nearly eight eight years now. So uh, I feel your pain. I remember those. Yeah, it gets easier, does it? Sorry. <laughs> does yeah. it get easier? Yeah, it does in a way. Yeah, you kind of get a bit more sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get to this stage you get attitude and you get it in stereo if that's the only thing yeah but yeah yeah it's lovely it is lovely oh that's a that's a that's another epic journey you're about to go on then yeah but, uh, another book for a whole other time say, yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> inspiration there and two, two uh, more minds to mold really in yes uh, well yeah i hope so it'd be nice um so yeah i've kind of taking a big step back on attending live shows because it's just sure. still hard at the moment mm. to if i want to go or me and my wife want to go yeah sure we've got babysitters or you, you feel guilty leaving your wife with two babies it's still it's still tough yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So at, the, at the moment i'm just sticking to rev pro at the moment but yeah. i am planning attending the progress cool. come back yeah. um and I'll hopefully get you back into the rotation soon. Um, but yeah, they're the main, they're the London free basically. Oh, you got enough. And I mean, you know, they're recognizable, you know, they're, they're, they're big names as well in the British scene. You know, even, yeah. even if I haven't really dabbled much in them, I, I know who they are. Um, so sport for choice, really. Yeah. And they're quality. They, they put on good quality shows. That's good. That's good. Yeah. There's no fake Undertaker powering. <laughs> I, I, I remember one of my my earliest wcw was it worldwide they used to have on itv on a saturday afternoon yeah iraq the um, man yep yeah I, I yellow think you may have mentioned him in your book as well because i was like yes i remember him yeah I, I think, yeah it was brad armstrong <laughs> under a mask that's it just as a really really bad spider-man and, yeah, uh, and uh, they got the the cease and desist pretty quickly, and that gimmick had to go. 
I tell you what, thinking back to that those days and the what the two WCW WWF tried, you see all these gimmicks coming out. So yeah, we had Iraq the Man, they had um the Toxic Turtles WWF tried yep. to churn out. Yeah, I only really found out about them recently. I can't believe they even tried it. Oh, they did yeah, any tie in it yeah. the juice it was that beetle juice that's right yes yeah. yeah yeah remember that and the ding dongs and whoever else it was yeah these really really bad, bad gimmicks yeah at least, yeah I, when i first got sky it was 95 so i i've gone on record and i do agree it's probably the worst year for for pro wrestling. agree agree um, Anyone who, who wants to argue or wants to agree with me, I have an audio only show on Once Upon a Turnbuckle where I just discussed 1995. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible, yeah. Um, but it was littered with, with all these kind of gimmicks. And it's good, yeah. it's good in a way that we've moved past that and, and people are being not being given gimmicks or characters necessarily. They are more based on themselves, aren't they? Just probably turned up to 11. Um, yeah, you still get it. You still get the... The independents are starting to uh, people desperate to stand out and they do some strange things. Yeah, uh, but it's not as um, on the nose as a uh, half man half ball. <laughs> Mantar, it's, yes. Yeah, it's it's not as on the nose as that. It's not as cheesy as that. <laughs> but it's, it still pops up once in a while. What are they doing? Um, what he was? He's what Mike Halleck that I. I think I have messaged him in the past to try and get him on uh, when I was running once upon a time. Really? I, I spoke to Duke the Dumpster Drosy was one of my first guests and I think he's friends with him. And then I spoke to PN News as well. And I think it's his cousin. So I thought I'll, I'll try and get him on <laughs> surely, but I don't know. No. PN News was one that what the British scene in the, in the nineties, 2000. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was, I, could, uh, I didn't, I couldn't believe uh, he was wrestling with cannibal grizzly and he, he was went to the bar and I went to get his autograph on my program and I read. He said, "P and News, is it? Is it P and News?" I couldn't believe it was. It was P and News. All oh, right, you didn't. You didn't. Yeah. I see. I didn't know him very. I I I knew of him at the time. I suppose magazines and stuff like that. But you didn't really get P and News on many of the VHS, the, the you know the pay per views and that that they used to release. He wasn't really on there. So, uh, well, our VHS releases, they cut a lot of matches. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. His infamous scaffold match was cut. Yeah. Um, I had to ask him about that. I think he's got a sense yeah. of, of speaking about it, but it had to yeah. be done, you know. Oh, yeah. He, he, well, people talking, they're talking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so just kind of getting into, we'll have to wind this down a little bit. Um, unfortunately, again, I could probably sit here for hours off air and talk to you because I do absolutely <laughs> love just talking shop when it comes to wrestling. Um, so let, let's, let's throw, throw a few, you know, quick fire questions at you based on your experiences. Um, you know, firstly, the guys that you've met, is there, um, is there one that really stands out as your absolute favorite, you know, that you, you managed to, to meet them, get the autograph, whatever the exchange was, the one that really stands out above any others? Uh, I mean, the one where I was, I can't believe this is happening, was Hulk Hogan. He's the biggest star. And I, I mean, I didn't meet him in 2014, and it, I just felt like he was unmeetable. He yeah. was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He's the one I've, wa I've watched him since '91, and he was the biggest star. And yeah. and there he was in front of me, Hulk Hogan. 
He's not my favorite wrestler of all time, but he's the, he's the biggest star. Yeah. yeah. What was what was that like? Did you did you did it seem like you would expect, or was was there anything you know? Was he was he didn't quite live up to any expectation? What was that like? I'll say the opposite. I, it was a it was um WrestleMania Access Big Q. I thought he'd be sign go sign go sign go, but no, he he moved the table out of the way. He did Access. They sit down behind the table, and everyone yeah. you, you lean over the table for it. He moved moved the table out of the way. He said, "No, I want to stand right. to meet all the fans. I'm going to stand to meet them." Uh, he complimented me on my Tracy Smothers T-shirt. Ah. Um, so there was interaction there. Well, I wasn't expecting that. I expected autograph photo next autograph photo next he no, he was more more interaction there than i thought it was going to be yeah for sure that's cool that's cool yeah at least, uh, least you hear varying stories of him i think you know you're hearing those which whichever ones you believe so that's good to know he um he blocked me on twitter so if, if you do if you are watching this Please we just put you over <laughs> exactly i'm blocking <laughs> he um he misconstrued a i put an april fool's post out last year saying i was having him on the show and i tagged him and everything and oh yeah he, he just responded on there saying i don't know anything about this and then before Blocked. i could snapshot it he blocked me so i couldn't see my own post so <laughs> there you go. My Hulk Hogan story. Um, so, are there are there any others that that you are still on a bucket list, or ones that you wish you had had the opportunity to meet? Uh, so, I'll do one that's alive, and one that I wish I could have met mm -hmm. uh, who passed away. So, the one who's alive is Arn Anderson. Ah, yeah. He's the the last member of the Dangerous Alliance I've not met. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. I've met all the others, Medusa. And, Poorly dangerously included, but not on. Uh, my favorite wrestler I've never met. I'll consider him my second favorite wrestler of all time. I've never met him. Okay. Um, so that's that's that the one that's alive. Um, I would say passed away, maybe Dusty Rhodes. Uh, okay. Yeah. I would love to have met Dusty. Um, yeah. Um, been a talker. Yeah. Like, full of charisma. Yeah. I met both his sons, though. So. As I was saying. <laughs> You you've got a really interesting pick for your your sort of favorite wrestler growing up. That's actually one that I um again I grew up with, but I I I didn't know anyone who cited him as a favorite actually, which was Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes, yeah. Yeah, just, and, quickly, um, just your, your choices for that, your reasons for that. What what was well, it? It it changes over the years. Uh going to my book, like to begin with, it was a young, good looking guy, full of fire. It was it was cool. I was like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah. And then without knowing it, he became Goldust. And I didn't realize they were one and the same. And it was just after my dad died. And I was kind of not fitting in, looking for something different. And he was really different. He was bizarre. Yeah. And then later on, I thought, oh my God, it's the same guy. <laughs> and then he's always been there. Yeah. I, from 91, I started watching. He's still there. He's still wrestling on TV now. Yeah. Uh, and then he, lived in the shadow of his dad which i kind of related to um that everyone oh yeah but he's not dusty he's not dusty and he's done all these things to try and escape the shadow he became gold us in the the hope to escape his dad shadow and i relate to that and i just he's always been there that guy's always been there and always top of my list i've named my son after him brilliant I like it. Yeah. Son is called Rhodes. 
Ah, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, uh, um, yeah, it's amazing that he is still doing it. I, I honestly thought, um, I mean, back along, you didn't think if you left WWE, you didn't really have, you know, much life left in your wrestling career, surely. But, you know, obviously AEW is is doing wonders for him. And he's still kind of hanging on to that, that whole gold dust sort of look. I mean, he's probably, he's had that for most of his career now, hasn't he? You know, in some way. Yeah, he's got, the, he's still working the face paint. Mm. He's also got him on the other side. Mm. I like it. Example here. <laughs> so he's oh, got, wow. he's half Dustin and he's half a mysterious character. It's cool, isn't it? As yeah. he, he draws in his whole career, really. Yeah. Yeah. He's dusting, but he's also gold dust. Go, going back to the natural days, you know, I, I wouldn't have imagined a bit like you, really, when gold dust came on the scene. I think I read about it in Power Slam magazine. Um, so again, gold dust had debuted. I'd probably seen him for about a month, and then Power Slam mentioned that it was him. I was like, no, um, can't yeah, be. unbelievable. But then all of a sudden, um, the dust bit made sense. I was like, ah, oh, okay, maybe they named him that because of his name, sort of thing. And, but, and- he was so different to Dustin Rhodes, but he yeah. was brilliant in that role as well. Yeah, yeah. No, no, fair. I, I, I loved that. You know, I thought that was commendable rather than, you know, picking out the stereotypical kind of heroes. You had one that really had, you had a reason for it, you know. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, Thank you, um, yeah. Okay, wrestling moments that you've you've witnessed, you've been part of. Um probably a bit of a cruel one really for you to pick one but is there one that that one major sort of wrestling moment to you doesn't have to be one that the whole world necessarily knew about but one that that was i don't know the most emotional the, the the most impressive one that's meant the most to you to be part of i would say i mean SummerSlam night two is huge but i'd probably put that second okay it was the end of the undertaker streak wow yeah unbelievable um, but like you, you don't get many matches as historic as that, really. No. Uh, he was undefeated for tw- tw- twenty-one years. Twenty-one, yeah, yeah. And um, he lost, and I, eighty thousand people just went silent. I was gonna say, what was that moment like? Because you, you get it, uh, it was, you watch it on film with the commentators and stuff. But what, yeah, what, what was it like there at that moment? It was mass confusion. <laughs> I, I've been in situations of mass panic. Yeah. Uh, this was mass confusion. It was quiet. Everyone was trying to make sense of what they were seeing. It yeah. was, that was never going to happen. Antake was never going to lose his streak. Everyone's quiet. Uh, he's, uh, and I'm looking around. I'm thinking, what happened? Where's the get out? Is that the wrong referee? Did Paul Heyman interfere. They're going to. Oh, and then you hear the bell and then they announce it. And I just heard a person go, holy fuck, Brock won. And then everyone's like, it sunk in. Like, oh, my God, we've just seen yeah. take a street end. So I, I don't know. I don't know if you can get another match that big. Because no. it was there's nothing there was nothing more prestigious in wrestling than the Undertaker streak. That's true. There's no belt, nothing. And no. I was there the night it ended. That's pretty special. That's pretty, why they yeah. wanted to follow up a few years later with him losing again. To, to yeah, run. I mean, right, you've already done one. Do you, do you need to really maybe that should have been the only one? Roman, uh, he wanted to put, help get Roman over, push him into the top guy, mm. but when he beat him at main, it didn't mean as much. No, it didn't. He really didn't beat him. 
Yeah, uh, that's the that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I I've never been a massive um, fan of, of Brock necessarily. I think he's a bit like Cena now. He drops in when it suits him and picks a belt and has it, and you know. Yeah, I'm up and down on Brock. One yeah. Brock wants to go. He's fantastic, mm. but most of the time he just wants to go in there, throw a few suplexes, yeah, for seven F fives with kickouts and yeah. go home. Yeah, but when he's on, he's he's really good. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, my final question to you, really, before we circle back, and I'd give you the floor for you to to promote your book and and you know let people know where we can find it and find you. Um, you've got a hell of a collection. I can see a glimpse of it behind you. I'm pretty sure that is not it. You've got, you know, God knows what. I mean, reading your book, you've got autographs from pretty much everyone. Have you got one item out of your wrestling collection which is, like, your favourite or, you know, the most important one? Uh, So, I've got quite a lot of stuff. Um, I think if if there was, I had to save an item, It'd be the autograph collection, yeah. but if I had to pick a particular autograph, I always go back to the Rick Rude one. Okay, because it's it's so hard to get. He died yeah. so long ago, and yeah. but if 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 in the case of well, I'm going to destroy everything in your house, what well, <laughs> you can save something? Yeah, it'd be my yeah. autographs because cool. this I lose this, I, I'll get another one. Yeah, yeah, but I I met. Hulk Hogan, I met Rick Rude. They're more than things. They're the that's the memories. That's the yeah. souvenir of those memories. Yeah. So the best thing I've got is the memories, and that's 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 the souvenir of the memories. And I'll save my book. I was going to say, lovely segue into the <laughs> fact that your book is those memories as well. So you know, a lot of um, much of the book is your journey to, you know, um, to, to taking you around, getting closer to these guys and. I say to anyone watching this, you know, any, I've got a lot of, I've made a lot of um, uh, friends over the last year who are massive wrestling fans or they're in the business need to pick up this book. We're all wrestling fans. And, you know, this is, this is, it's a great, great sort of fans journey for sure. So I'll give you, give you a minute or two, basically let people know, just, just, just give us um, a brief overview of, of the book where you can find it where can we find you um, if you're on social media if people want to find out more okay so it's called how to be a mark without leaving a mark uh one fan's 30-year journey through the world of professional wrestling uh so it's my perspective of the changes of pro wrestling from 1991 until well the post-pandemic world well, I say post-pandemic world. Um, really well, coming out of the pandemic restrictions, we'll say. Yeah. Um, so it tells the journey of a child and his experience of wrestling, discovering this wonderful thing to a teenager who become more cynical about it all, um, to an adult who had to come to terms with a wrestler's death uh, that made him really question what he watches, to coming to terms with that and supporting his local product uh, and the worries that it, it wouldn't survive a pandemic and it's surviving, it's coming out and being hope. And mm. uh, it tells that journey through wrestling, going to wrestling in four different countries, WrestleManias, SummerSlams, Wrestle Kingdoms, the crazy world of Japan and the wrestling there. Exploding barbed wire matches. Didn't even touch um, on that, did we? Oh, no. That's a story, um, 
uh, how I obtained over 600 autographs. Um, Yeah, it's the story of wrestling and how it's changed. I I didn't, I was hoping that I made wrestling the main character Mm. and it guided me rather than I was the main character. Um, So although it's personal, I don't, I don't talk about my job and no. all the other things about me. Wrestling is the guiding force in this story and how, where that has taken me. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a journey of a fan written by a fan for the fans. Uh, hopefully there's relatable stuff in there. That is, yeah. I mean, I, I can say that even though I've only, let's say, experienced part of this journey, um, you know, you, it's great to hear what these things were like from another fan's point of view. Like you say, you hear it, you, you read a, a, a book, say Hulk Hogan's book, Shawn Michaels' book, whatever. You're with them as a fan for so long, and then they break out into the uncharted territory of actually being involved in it and becoming a massive star. We can't relate to that. No. We can relate to your, what, what you've done, because we've all wanted to do stuff like that, you know. We've all wanted to have a collection and be able to meet <laughs> these guys, you know. So, so no, no, it's it's a it's a brilliant book. Um, Thank you very much. Thank all, you. All the best with it, you know. Um, hope it does really well. I hope you know there might be another one out there. If you know, if if there, if you ever get the urge to do to write another one, hit me up. We'll get thirty you more years. Absolutely. <laughs> there we go. Where's it going to be in thirty years? Where do you reckon? There you go. That's a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, God. That's impossible. It is a bit. Uh, hopefully, we have as many companies doing as well as they can. Mm. I don't want to go back to days of just one. No. Just no. We had a long time with just one big company and mm. lots of little ones. Uh, hopefully, many wrestlers are getting full-time jobs if they can, um, living their dreams. The fans are, I mean, the streaming world now is crazy. It's, yeah. Yeah. Who could have predicted that the WWE network is sensational invention? Well, you go back. Uh, 30, take, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say go back thirty years to when we, you know, ninety one, yeah. ninety two, and you know, you over yeah. in this country, you had to get away with, you know, WWF being on Sky Movies Plus or whatever it was, and you know, you had to hunt the VHS tapes, you had yeah. to videotape the weekly shows, and I enjoyed that. You know, yeah, it, it, it sounds lost, but. God, I would have loved the network as a kid. Absolutely, yeah. You, you kind of you don't appreciate it, really, do you? You kind of miss the almost like the the, the rush of finding something for the first time. Oh, I love it, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I love finding just, the videotapes. It's just at your fingertips. No, that's the problem. But, yeah, it's easier, but is it as fun? I don't know. <laughs> you I can go know. back and you can find so much more stuff. I mean, YouTube has been brilliant for me over the years to actually go back and yep. watch these matches that I I missed or I just couldn't find a way to watch you know back then so yes yeah, so i recently i've watched smoky mountain wrestling from beginning to end that's, that's... Uh, on all on youtube the wwe network i watched uh mid mid-atlantic wrestling from 1985 to 1989 wow. week by week that's cool yeah, and you see that was impossible before so yeah. and I'm, I'm discovering talent that i didn't know existed and how good they were yeah it's good it's long good may, for that yeah. long may it continue so, uh, yeah. You know. yeah who knows where we'll be i don't know we'll see watch the space so steven thank <laughs> you so much again mate this has been fantastic talking to you oh, thank you um, having me it's been fun no no worries at all and you know yeah if you if you do ever want to come back on and talk you know talk shop again 
or if you've got another book in the works at some point, hey, you know, one day if your kids decide they're going to write a follow up and with their failures. Yeah, years, uh, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you whether I'll still be here doing this then, but always happy to. So uh, all the best, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you for having me. Thank you. No worries, mate.